might you might not have the capability of changing the circumstance around you, but you can perceive it differently. Yeah. That, like you, you, you had have an accident. That, you have that power. You could have, right. you could have said like, fuck this, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, but you, you decide like this happened to me. I'm not going to keep going. You know, I'm not going to cry myself to sleep. Every yeah. night. You know, yeah. I'm just going to push through it. And I know that, that I'll be a better person because of it. And I'm grateful no, to be alive. You know, like all those 100%. ideas, right? hundred percent. Yeah. I, I remember, um, one of my friends was, was talking to me about that. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's like, how the hell are you like so relaxed about all this? Like yeah. I, I would be freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Like my arm is broken. I'm gonna have to wear a brace for three months. Mm-hmm. Like, and when you were sitting there, like in the hospital bed, like in my first day after my accident, I was just like cracking jokes, relaxing. <laughs> sure, I can give credit to some of the Norco because that was doing yeah. its job with the pain and stuff. But <laughs> yeah. like, like I, I, it is what it is. Like I had already just moved on to it and was focusing on what the next step was. And he was like, how the hell do you do that? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's hard it's a skill that you have to train too like yeah. recognizing the good and bad of it it's not something that came naturally for me yeah, like definitely I- not hello everybody and welcome to the sound one four podcast welcome back salim how's it going uh it's going well man it's going well it's been a, a busy month so far really Glad to be back yeah Glad yeah to be back. yeah i mean We've done it pretty much every year since this podcast started. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. You're right. Starting yeah. in 2019, 2019, then 2020, 2021. Yeah. That's bizarre. Year. That's awesome. I didn't think about that. I know. And it's always a fun time, man. Whenever you come around, even last year, even though it was, it was with Zoom, it was right. still like so fun to do it and just have a conversation with people after being or during that time where everybody's like quarantining and stuff. So Likewise. It's, uh, it's always fun to, to do it with you. So thanks for taking the time. Oh, no. Pleasure is mine, man. When you reached out, you sent me a text like, hey, you, would you be free to get back on the podcast? I'm like, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always have a blast doing this sort of stuff. And uh, I always think it's cool having like a, a digital record of mm-hmm. everything. You know, I know. Like you everything. Said, every you just year go back. back. Every you year back. back. Oh, man. I was, I was looking over the first one when, before, before I came here and I was like, Lots happened. Yeah, lots happened. <laughs> lots bro. happened since 2019. My I goodness, I can't even look at those first ones because I'm so like focused on improving myself yeah. like during these conversations. Yeah. And so, like looking back, I'm like, how how was I this naive <laughs> in conversation? Like, you did quite fine. I don't yeah. know. I, I had I had a good time. That conversation yeah. was great. I forgot what we talked about exactly. It was. I, th- I know part of it was about Ted, and then we talked about like space stuff. It was yeah, great. It was stuff. great. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, lots changed. And one thing that you mentioned, like you, you came here with this brace. I did. Uh, yeah. Can, just share with everybody what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got in a motorcycle accident around August 25th. Um, it, it's all right. Bike's not doing too good, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like full well, of jokes that's about it. That's the least concern. I mean, your health is definitely the most definitely, important. Definitely, definitely. That's like the age old thing uh, mm-hmm. in the ambulance. They always like to joke about is like, oh, you know, first thing people do when they get conscious is they ask about the bike. It's like, buddy, <laughs> yeah. you're not in condition to ask about the bike <laughs> the right bike. now. Um, so I, I crushed three of my vertebrae. Um, really? I didn't require back surgery. Uh, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, have to wear a brace for about three months. I'm already one month in, which is good. Um, I remember after the accident, I went to uh, Orange Coast Medical. It was a trauma center um, because my arm was in pretty bad condition. So my right arm, it looks like I'm able to lift it. I'm wearing long sleeves yeah. now, but I have a huge scar from about like my elbow wow. to like um, probably like right before my shoulder because mm-hmm. um, they in- inserted a plate 
um, I had Jeez. a clean fracture. So my entire humerus bone was like broken in, in half. half. Yeah, wow. in half, clean in half. Jeez. Like it, it would be bad. In the hospital, I had it splinted because I wasn't able to get surgery for a couple mm -hmm. days. Um, and like when you try and lift your arm, especially when I had to do PT to like get back walking again, yeah. you could tell like you lift your arm and then the front part moves. And there's a slight delay, and then you feel the back part move. Wow. And it doesn't feel connected. Yeah, it doesn't feel <laughs> like, connected. It doesn't feel connected. I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad this piece of wood is keeping my arm yeah. straight. But um, but no, it, it's all right. All things considered, I'm doing very well. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm doing very well. I should get a full recovery in about a couple months. One thing I got to say is wearing gear perhaps saved my life in the really? sense that um, I had a full set of gear. Mm -hmm. I, I like When I first started riding, I made sure... I didn't skimp on the safety aspect of it because I knew how yeah. dangerous it was. Um, so my helmet saved me uh, in the sense that I had a light concussion after getting hit in the head twice when falling. Um, and I was uh, up and conscious in about like three, four minutes, which mm -hmm. was amazing. And then the concussion was very light, no damage in that aspect. And I had full steel plates all over my body. So I had steel plates on my fingertips and my knuckles, my wrist, and most importantly, my back. So oh, okay. imagine yeah. if I fell and I fractured three vertebrae with a steel plate on, yeah. I might not be walking around mm -hmm. if, if I didn't have that on. So, um, yeah, luckily recommend. you didn't skimp on that. Cause yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. That's probably the most important part of the safety of a motorcycle. Like, cause everything's open really. Oh yeah. You can't. No seatbelts. Yeah. No seatbelts. <laughs> no seat like, that would probably be even worse if you did have a seatbelt. Like that would, that would probably fuck a lot of people up. oh yeah, yeah yeah and it's it's a bizarre story about the gear too like I'll, I'll go ahead and sum it up quick when i bought my first motorcycle i bought it out of pocket right like mm -hmm. i obviously didn't my parents weren't very on board with it <laughs> yeah. not at all um and my first motorcycle was a 2012 kawasaki ninja 250 it was a uh -huh. really like starter motorcycle it's like just at the cusp like once you go below 250 you get in like the dirt bike or like yeah. vespa territory so it was a very very like entry level bike mm -hmm. um and i bought it really like really cheap i remember i got it on offer up i vetted it i went over there with a friend who was more experienced and we looked it over together and he's like all right we're talking and i got it for 850 850 mm -hmm. out the door which was like a really good deal for that bike it was just back before the pre-owned car market exploded mm -hmm. um so i got a great deal on it and then i went i bought that bike i you know finished all my training once i started riding it uh, i i before i started riding it i was like i'm gonna start riding soon i need to go get some gear so i drove over to the gear shop um and i was like adding things to my car i went with a friend we were like talking about stuff, looking up ratings, like this is what I should get for helmets, what I should get for gloves and everything. And the total came up to be like 1200 bucks. Yeah. I'm like 1200 bucks. That's more than I paid for the entire <laughs> yeah. motorcycle, 1200 bucks. And, um, and, and no, it's, it's so important. Uh -huh. So impo every aspect of my gear, like saved me in some sense, like uh -huh. physical damage. Um, so high, like you got it, you got to do it. And another thing people don't realize is insurance covers your gear. It's part really? of your accessories. Yeah. So like if you get in an accident, your helmet, your your jacket, if you have the receipts, mm -hmm. even if you don't have the receipts, you go back to the store, give them your credit card information and get a dialogue. They'll give you, they'll give you it back. They'll yeah. give you, it's part of your car deductible. Mm -hmm. um, so that was huge. But the funny story is that on the back plate, yeah. I remember I was sitting there in the checkout line and it was like 1150, right? Yeah. Like, and I told you <laughs> yeah. the total was 1200. So it was like 1150 and I had my jacket, but the jacket doesn't come with the steel back plate. It comes with the armor plates on the sides mm -hmm. and on the chest. And it was like, I remember there and the cashier was like, hey, do you want to get a, a back plate? Your jacket has insertables, meaning you can like buy a steel plate and slide it in. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there in the checkout and I was like looking at the the thing and I scrolled up and down. And it was like <laughs> 1,150 <laughs> bucks. And, uh, and he was like, uh, it's about like 50 bucks. And I was like, oh. uh. <laughs> all right. 
I, I should probably get it. I'll get it. I'll yeah. get it. And that 50 bucks ended up like saving my butt. Yeah. When I got yeah, it. I like, I, I, I don't know, man. So it's crazy how that universe works. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Like, this was, that, a, that this was the one cashier happy. just recommended to you yeah. and then it happened. And I'm not usually a fan of getting upsell, but in that case, I'm yeah. very glad he recommended <laughs> it. I'm very glad he recommended it. Yeah. That's crazy though. And, and like, it, it's good now that with, with modern medicine and stuff, like they're able to do these things where, Oh yeah. Like, say a hundred years ago, I mean, you'd been fucked. Like yeah, nothing would have yeah, happened. You would have been, you, yeah, you would have yeah. been in bed needing yeah. to be <laughs> taken care of for about a year. But on that topic, it's pretty cool because when, when they said that I needed surgery for my arm, cause my mm-hmm. arm was like broken, broken, like at the, at the accident site, I had two elbows is the way really? that they put it. Yeah. So wow. w- when they straightened it out and I was in the hospital and they're like, yeah, you're going to need some, you're going to need surgery to fix mm-hmm. it. And, but you have three options actually. Um, first option was no surgery. You don't have to wear surgery. Actually, you don't, you don't have to do surgery. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to straighten it out. And then we'll cast it in place and it's going to heal by itself. We'll have a cast for about a month. And then after that, we'll take off the cast and put a splint for another month or two months. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we'll put you in like an elbow sling for another month and it'll be healed. But it's not going to be healed perfect. And there's no way it'll be healed (laughs) perfect. It's going to be healed with a little bit of a curve. You might not get full strength back. It may break again. We may even have to break it on purpose again if it heals wrong. Um, But no surgery, right? That was one of the options. And then the other two options were different types of surgery i could either get a plate installed which is what i ended up doing Mm -hmm. it's more they have to cut you up a bit more more invasive but it has better long-term effects or we could do a rod which is a little bit less invasive less surgery but you might have some long-term effects like infections or yeah not just infections but like when you get older you might because the rod gets insured inserted from your shoulder so when you get older you shrink a little bit stuff like that you might get shoulder pain yeah yeah so i was like i'll go for the plate i'm young i can Mm -hmm. take the surgery i'll heal up and like, I, like I'm able to flex it. I'm able to move it now. And it's just been like a yeah. couple of weeks and I was able How to How long did the surgery take? Like surgery took about like six hours, six hours, six hours. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it's bizarre. I was looking at it the way that they do it. It's crazy. But I remember they I was put talking. you under though, right? Oh yeah. Like, they yeah, put you yeah. under. Yeah. yeah. So you don't feel anything. But on the topic of modern medicine, right. And people's like skepticism of it. Yeah. Um, I was talking to the doctor when he was telling me all these options and obviously I was asking questions, going back and forth, mm-hmm. like, all right. What's the benefits of this and this and the cons and cons, right? And then he he was explaining to me the no surgery option. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's not going to heal correctly. It's going to take <laughs> easily like four to six months longer. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to have to come here like every two, four weeks and get checks ups and stuff like that. Like why? And But there's like, what's the benefit? Oh, no surgery. But like what? Yeah. What, what's <laughs> the benefit? It's going to actually cost more coming, really? you know, yeah. all these appointments and stuff like that. It's like some people just don't want to do surgery. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, what, what's the success rate for this arm surgery or this shoulder surgery? It's like 99%. Wow. <laughs> 99%. Yeah. And I'm like, it's what's like the risk of like long-term where... effects? He's like, yeah, nothing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, like realistic. Like I, I, like I, I wouldn't be able to tell you that there's no risk, but I, I've, there's I've, not that many. He's like, I put metal yeah. in people every day. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's his job. That's, and that's, that's crazy. the success rate. But yeah, some people will do it. A lot of people do it because they just don't trust surgery, don't trust doctors, hospitals. Yeah, yeah. And they go through this rigorous process and they don't even fully heal. I know. Like they don't even fully heal. So that's I crazy know. though. Like the, I'm thankful. The, there's a lot of people, I mean, especially at, at, I'm, I'm talking about, I don't know about a lot, but through my experience, whenever I go to the gym or something, people yeah. are talking and I, I sometimes listen. And they're always saying like that, that insurance is, is like crazy and, and the, don't trust the medical professionals, especially yeah. during the coronavirus stuff. Yeah. People are a lot of, a lot of yeah. distrust between the government and the medical oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, group. And so I think 
there there is a point where you shouldn't believe everything that people say, but yes. at the same time, have some faith and some confidence in people that are trying to help you. Oh yeah, you know, like especially with the vaccine and and other uh, like surgeries, like you said, there there we've gotten up to this point because we we as a society believe that we could help people. Yeah, you know, even if you have like a, a broken leg or something, we could try to help fix that even if it is surgery. And yes, some people do have um, bad surgeries happen to them yes. and they, they don't, it doesn't go as well for them. But for the most part, like you said, 99%, what's like, yeah. might as well for the long-term benefit yes. of yeah. your life. And, right? and you got to think of like your situation. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. man, like your arm is broken, like broken, broken. Like mm-hmm. the, you, obviously nobody wants to do surgery. So if you're given an option to fix it, to yeah. fix your arm and it's a 99% success rate, like, might as well. You might. You got to do it. You, you you got to do it in order to heal up. But like, it's really interesting. You talked about like distrust and stuff in general. Yeah. I, I think I I remember I was having this conversation a couple months ago, um, because obviously distrust around medical stuff right now is huge, in, huge. in the world all around. There's just so much misinformation and 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 ways to get confused. Or I feel like uh, it goes back to like this age old like college humor skit where it's like <laughs> Google where someone was like looking up something and there's like, you have 3 million results that tell you yes. And there's one result that tells you no. And then they grab and like, I knew yeah. it. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> but, but, um, around that, like, uh, re- regarding insurance, mm-hmm. I know so many people give the medical ses- uh, medical system a bad rep because of insurance. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to realize those things are separate. Very, very separate. Almost yeah. like how many people distrusted the government on the vaccine because of the civil rights movement that we were going through. Mm-hmm. Like, Yes, but it's separate. Like it's separate. It's like, separate. like vaccines are important, right? Yeah, <laughs> vaccines yeah. are important, right? I know. There's um, no, there's no reason for them to like, to to put something in the vaccine that's going to cause harm. Like, right. what what is the incentive? Right. I mean, I, I, it's billions of people yeah. around the world. Everybody have gotten it. is trying to move past this uh, this pandemic as, as fast as uh, we yeah. can. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's bizarre. But I, I feel like there's certain aspects of every industry, every profession where you have the good and the bad. And sometimes people look at the bad and then they associate that stigma across the entire thing. Yeah. Like you're looking at insurance and then you connect it to hospitals and now all of a sudden hospitals are bad. Mm-hmm. Or you're looking at the civil rights movement, all the horrible things that are happening. And then now all the government's bad. Right. Yeah. And it's really important to try and distinguish and trying to figure out what these individual segments are what's good, what's bad, how can I inform myself? And man, I wish I saw a little bit more of that in the world yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I know. It's it's important, bro. Like just having a, a better understanding for things. Don't always, like I said, don't always agree with everything. Right. But at the same time, do your own research and come up with your own conclusion to it. If yeah. you just listen to everybody else, like your friend group has this one opinion on vaccines or, or on any topic really, and you listen to that and you're just... and you aren't looking at the other side, right? That's where things get messy. Cause then you become like a radical basically. Yep. Like that's all your, all your attention is going on that one side. And you think anybody that believes the opposite, they're wrong yeah. without even like understanding where they're coming from. I think it, it, there was a, the Netflix documentary about social media mm-hmm. explains that perfectly. I yeah. really love the explanation of that. And in short, what it says is that social media is creating a lot of polarity. Polarity meaning that if you're on Facebook, your feed is designated to be just for you, right? Yeah. So when you're scrolling through stuff, whether it's just content from your friends, whether it's political stuff, whether it's information about the vaccine or any of those sort mm-hmm. of things, you're scrolling, you're scrolling. 
what you're getting is information that's tailored just to you. Everything that you read and learn, if that's your only source of information, that's all that you know, right? Yeah. And then everybody has a different feed. So mm -hmm. for example, if, my, if all of my feed says that economics causes cancer <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then I'm talking to someone else and their feed says that economics is a social science that many students study in order to learn about the yeah. functions of money. And that's beneficial. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like to me, it's like, what do you mean? For the mm -hmm. past like 24 hours, all I've been seeing is this. Like, have you not seen this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> are, are you like, are you dumb? Like, are yeah. you not reading this information? It's because everybody's like seeing what you described perfectly is everybody has their own world unless you diversify the sources where you get your information. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be like everybody around me is ignorant, right? Yeah. And in reality, it's the other way around. It's the other way, it's yeah. the other way around. So no, man, it's a scary thing. It's, yeah. it's definitely a scary thing. It's, it's crazy. And I saw a video, uh, this was a while ago, but like there was somebody on Google saying, or there was somebody making a video about Google and saying like, you could type anything and it'll be true. Like he, yeah. he said, he yeah. said, uh, is coffee good for you? Yep. And then it, it, yeah, there was sources is that yep. show coffee is good and then he put coffee is bad, bad for, you, for you and that's also what it shows yeah right also there. sources so sometimes it's it's difficult to have that like middle ground but it's good to know information from both yep right yep and a, a thing on that topic too is that i feel on on the social media thing is that mm -hmm. it, it's all connected in the sense of i always thought like there was no absolutes in the world like especially is coffee bad for you everything has pros and cons yeah yeah a coffee's good yeah in some ways coffee's bad yeah in yeah. some ways as well right so the fact that many people go on information sites looking for just one singular answer mm -hmm. without understanding the duality of many problems that we have in the world i don't think yeah. most of the issues that we have in the world the biggest ones the issues that need to be addressed the most don't have one answer one yeah. definite answer right mm -hmm. and when we go on social media sites or search engines and we look up just this one is coffee good when we're trying to get that one answer <laughs> yeah, that sort of instant yeah. you don't you don't yeah. and and if you do it's mm -hmm. not the complete story mm -hmm. like like when when you look at things like in that sense when you're trying to figure out a problem most people will search up is coffee good or mm -hmm. is coffee bad not what are the effects of coffee yeah. right what are the effects of coffee it, through basic words is a much more advanced and sophisticated question yeah. because you're learning about both sides, the good and the bad. Right. Mm -hmm. But I feel like many people, especially like when you get lots of instant gratification a lots of you, you need quick answers when, when that's uh, when that's what we're taught from yeah. school, <laughs> when we go online, when we're having arguments, it's always just quick answer, quick answer, mm -hmm. quick answer, as quick as we can just to prove the other person, wrong. just to prove the other person wrong yeah. or just to figure it out and move on. Mm -hmm. Like when there's no sense of exploring these, basic concepts of what we do every day exactly we lose something we do we do and, and and that's why like i always try always try and structure my questions in a unique way yeah whether it's like i'm asking something for a job interview like i got i have like these boxes that i want to check like in the sense of okay is this question relevant is this question something that is is you know personable to the person i'm talking to mm -hmm. is this question going to tell me the full story like i feel like if we just have those sort of like standards for the way that we learn our information yeah we would all grow yeah. so so much and it's a very basic thing to do it's, it's very basic it's so basic like one of my favorite books is um how to win friends and influence people dale carnegie dale carnegie dale yeah. carnegie yeah and it that's those principles in that book i, I believe every person should have a have a fundamental knowledge and and just Absolutely. some of those principles because it's so important to to just the just the awareness of it mm -hmm. once i read that book i started to communicate with people a lot differently yeah that not because 
uh, I wasn't communicating poorly before, but it was because I had awareness and just awareness of how the other person was going to feel if I right. said something. Right. Right. That emotional intelligence, really. Yeah. And and having a a better understanding of if I if I want somebody to understand my perspective and they're focused on something else, right? How, how am I going to make sure that they're listening to me, even though they're focused on something else or, or anything like that? Uh, he says, um, don't criticize or condemn. That's like one of the first yes. principles, right? Yes, it is. And a lot of people criticize and condemn. Yes. And I've learned not to do that at, at all. Like it's, it's more important for me to understand the person's perspective and learn from that. Like, don't just throw their idea out of the way. Right. Accept it, but you don't have to believe in it. Just accept it for what it is. Yeah. That's really important to me. And so many of those principles, if if it's just implemented slightly in everyday conversation, you could feel yourself like growing as a person. Yeah. Like you feel no, absolutely. Uh, better about yourself. Yeah, yeah, that 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 book was life changing. Dale Carnegie is is really is a yeah. genius. Like it's a timeless book. Man. Yeah, like, he was one of the first people that went out there and made a profession out of like public speaking, like yeah. Dale Carnegie. And and he's so highly like respected, especially like among the community. Like uh, my industry is business. Like I love in mm-hmm. business. I'm going to be working with a professional services firm. Those books are actually sponsored, like really? for free. Like yeah. if you're an employee at many different companies, whether it's business or tech or industry like you will you, like many of those companies will buy that book for you because yeah. they want you to learn it yeah. and I, I remember I was reading a story that um, someone who's working at a very large company ended up joining as an experienced hire and their manager said hey here's this copy of the book as a gift like welcome mm-hmm. um, if you ever want to grab lunch sometime and talk about it like I'm always open ears and that's what he would do with every employee that joined the office yeah. give him a copy of the book and say yeah let's talk about it and how we can learn from each other yeah. right and it, it was just it, it's amazing and I, I know another fun fact that really like was so interesting to me is Warren Buffett has one certificate framed on his wall and it's not his alma mater. It's mm-hmm. not his school. It's not his business licenses, his billionaire certificate from Forbes. Mm-hmm. No, it's his certificate of completion of Dale Carnegie seminar. Yeah. It's right there framed above his desk. That's it. That's crazy. <laughs> so it shows, it goes to show that you, we can learn from some great people in the world. And Dale Carnegie is one of them. Highly recommend that book to everybody. Yeah. Everybody. It's such a, it's such a great book. And you know, we're always told as kids and stuff, knowledge is power, but yeah. we really don't get it until later in life. Like, damn, knowledge is power. Yeah. Right. That if, if you learn something new about yourself or about a- any topic, you grow as a person. Yeah. It's that's something about the, grasping that knowledge. And that's one of the benefits of the internet and what, social media, even though we're, we talked about the cons of it, but it's that tremendous benefit. Yeah. As it's, well. Like YouTube to oh, me yeah. is probably the greatest website ever made. Yeah. Like it's that I fucking learned insane. so much yeah. from YouTube. I learned how to build a computer from YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Literally, yeah. purely, purely just from YouTube. Like I went yeah. from like trying to figure out how to add bookmarks on my Google tab to building a computer like five years later just wow. from watching random YouTube videos I know. on the side. So there's so much. Like anybody that has any type of knowledge shares it on YouTube. Yeah. And that's what what freedom gives you, like freedom of creation, freedom of being able to watch anything it's it's free like anybody with the internet connection and a phone can go on the internet and type in any youtube video and watch something learn something and this is the first time in history where that's possible like i think a lot of people don't understand how big this is yeah that it was 
not at the, not up until recently, people had to, you know, read books and go to the library and and you had to read a dictionary to find the word and the correct spelling. Yeah, yeah. But now, like if you type it up on Google, it'll show you the pronunciation of it. It'll say it back yeah. to you. You know, there's you could translate words from English to French to Italian. Like you could learn so much. Yeah. That, that in such a short amount of time that I think it's going to greatly impact the human race. Like oh, we'll, no. we'll definitely change a lot like this tw- 20 years, 30 years where we'll be insane. Like, it, it's going to be, it's, it is going to be insane. I, mm-hmm. I think I, th- there was a story, there is a story um, about what you were describing, how having to go to the library just to learn stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I hope it's Abraham Lincoln. It might not be, but Abraham Lincoln used to do this thing where he would spend a portion of his wages just buying random books. Yeah, like I think any book think he can him. get a hold mm-hmm. of. Like it, it would be like a law book, or it would be a doctor book, like on on the medical field, or a book about history. But he would spend like, oh, there's a cool book for sale. Like he would come across them, right? Yeah. It's like now, if I wanted to learn anything about the medical profession, I could just Google it, right? Mm-hmm. But he would be seeking out these opportunities to learn, yeah. right? And and that's something like we have propelled ourselves in such a way that we can learn so much quicker now. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's really and it's the freedom of it yeah. too. Like, oh, it's yeah. not like, uh, somebody's telling you, you have to learn this. I think if, if that's the case, then not many people would enjoy it as much, Right. but it's seeing the YouTube recommended page or seeing like a science video, like Mark Rober, he's a great, uh, YouTuber that I watch yeah. sometimes. And he, he has, he teaches a little bit of physics here and there, like about, he does some experiments, but, I learned something new about that, uh, like physics, but I wouldn't have learned it if I didn't, if somebody told me you have to watch this for this assignment or whatever like that, it wouldn't be as enjoyable. But then that freedom of going on YouTube, seeing this video, and then they have the suggested bar with other related YouTube videos. So it gets you going like that. And of course, you don't want to be... You could you could do that the opposite way and just like watch cat videos and oh yeah shit, that doesn't yeah get sidetracked too yeah, yeah there's always there's always the good and the bad yeah. right there's yeah. always the good and the bad um, on this topic there's something really interesting that I was reading up on and we're talking about how the digital age has opened up so much information for us so much capabilities to accomplish things learn things and all mm-hmm. this uh, but I, I it was it was an article or a video I was watching where it was is there ever going to be a bottleneck. A bottleneck in the sense that if we look at how processing power, how information has been transferred over the past 20 years yeah. has grown, um, it's been exponential. exponential. Exponential in the sense like 16 years ago, I was watching a YouTube video and the YouTube video started with, um, yeah, so I finally found a website that would <laughs> let me upload my video. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. And, and then now you look, anybody can upload a video on yeah. YouTube. And when you look at like the amount of content that we're able to get, it's like 3 mm-hmm. million results for every search that you do yeah. on Google. Every right? second somebody's like posting something. Exactly. Right. So it, there's a lot of information out there and processing power has increased exponentially. But when you think of human processing power, it's been standard. We, ha- we cannot evolve quick enough as about computers mm-hmm. evolve on a huge curve. Right. And our I I find it difficult to believe that our intellectual capability has grown so much. Sure. Average intelligence has grown, literacy, Mm -hmm. all these wonderful metrics. Right. But the raw ability to process information is the same. Our brains are fundamentally structured the same as they were 100 years ago, especially 16 years ago. Right. So what is that going to look like? Uh, Because I imagine, you know, 50 years from now, lots of the industries at the edges of human discovery are growing like crazy, Mm -hmm. especially right now. Like if you think about it in the history 
of because it's always interesting to hear about the renaissance period and the scientific revolution that happened hundreds years of years ago right yeah. we're in that right now like we, we are in a mm -hmm. period that may be looked on in the in the past in the future we're in a period of great discovery where in the past 16 years we've made leaps um and it's going to be curious to think i wonder what the world's going to look like when there's suddenly so much information that you can't cram it all into 18 years of education, yeah. right? Like when, when we learn so much about so many different fields, like we're discovering new things in, in the physics field mm -hmm. about quarks, about matter, about the way that we're structured, the way that the universe is structured, right? Yeah. And how, how is that going to get added in <laughs> to our curriculum? I, I feel I like high school was pretty busy with all this stuff. And it's something that was new designed. like every year. Every year. I, I mean, uh, every, every year. year is like an understatement. Probably like every month yeah. people are discovering something. Yeah, new photos of in, in, interstellar structures yeah. or, or all those sort of things, right? And I, I feel like it's it's going to get hard. There will be a bottleneck. Like mm -hmm. the education system can't change every single month to yeah. adapt these new changes, these new yeah. discoveries. So what's that going to look like? What I is know. that going to look like? I, I'm very curious to see. And, and, and that's something like I say curious, but I'm also a little scared because yeah. like there's just a lot. There's mm -hmm. a lot out there. And we all know this. Right. And I, as much as I like to think that. I'm smart. You're smart. Many people in the world are smart. Yeah. It still terrifies me. Mm -hmm. It still terrifies me to see that there's like so much information out there and like how we're going to grow yeah. to match that, you know? But I love the uncertainty of it that I know that humans will get there. Like they'll, yeah. they'll find a way. Humans are very adaptable. And the fact that they'll, I mean, of course not the, the school system won't be able to grow, but the humans that will go on the internet, they'll grow and they'll find something because I mean, right now, uh, with, like you said, um, there's so much information out here. Yeah. Sometimes I, uh, like, there's things that I, rem I remember that I learned about, but I forget because yeah. I, I've had so much more information over, over the course of like two years mm -hmm. grow that something I learned two years ago, I just completely forgot, forgot about. Right. Like I, I thought I watched it, but then I was like, wait, I remember watching this, but now I, I don't have no yeah. memory of it because- yeah. There's just so much information being thrown around and I, I don't know if, if human beings will grow to the point where their memories get stronger or anything like that. But I know that it will, th there's going to be more creation and more, more ordinary people you think that are ordinary, like just, uh, people who live in, in poor, uh, environments growing from that. Yeah, They're, people are going to learn different skills, different ideas just from the Internet alone that they wouldn't have gotten if it were just from their school environment that they were around. Right. right? There, but um, there was also uh, this was just something that I, I was because I, I've thought about this like a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I was sort of thinking of is on the topic of like continuing to learn right yeah. like i feel not like nowadays like in in the past 50 years like this this current like let's say era like generation right mm -hmm. um we have been able to learn a lot of information and then reach the peak of discovery like we've reached the point of like okay but what what now we don't know what's next right yeah like for example physics you you learn all these concepts of physics and then you start studying something you start getting to the master's phd level and then mm -hmm. it's like okay, now we've gotten to the point where we got to keep going. Right? Yeah. We gotta, there's, no, there's no information that exists right now. Yeah. So the thing that I'm curious to see is, uh, is that still going to happen in the future? Because once we, one, we keep going right now, we keep going right now. Once you reach the master's PhD level at that point, you spend 20 years of your life learning as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And then 
you've learned everything that currently exists. Yeah. And then five years from now, you might need to spend 25 years in order to learn all that exists. Mm-hmm. And then another five years, you might need to spend 30 years of your life before you can finally understand how to do what's next, right? Yeah. So as we keep going up and up and up, and as there keeps adding to the pool of what we need to know in order to get to the breakthrough stage, mm-hmm. are people going to keep going through that process? You know, are people going to be keep yeah. wanting to spend 20 to 30 years before they can figure out how to understand what's next, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's just going to keep growing and growing. Like when I'm thinking about psychology, that's a, that's a big field that's growing. When I think of the medical field, mm-hmm. we don't even know how, like, for example, I went to the doctors and they were saying like, yeah, you need to take some vitamin D in order to help your bones grow faster, right? Or yeah. how, to help you heal quicker. But we actually don't know how much vitamin D you need. Like <laughs> really? no, no one really knows. Like that's uh-huh. why if you go to Costco, they sell 50 milligrams, 1,000 yeah. milligrams, 2,000 milligrams. <laughs> like, because no, no one really knows how much you need, right? Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that's, that's like interesting. Like, they just know that you're deficient and yeah. so that they give you something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like, there's certain things like that when we think of oceanography mm-hmm. and, and, and the oceans, right? There's so much information we're going to need to, like, figure out and learn yeah. and space. Don't even get me started on space. Yeah, like, like <laughs> speaking about the ocean, though, you, recently there was an oil spill in yeah. Huntington Beach, right? Huntington. And I read this article, I think, yesterday, and they said we don't know when to allow the public back into the beach because there is no, no like scientific way that I think the company they hired, yeah. they, they, they only have tests for bacteria, yeah. bacteria in the ocean. They yeah. don't have tests for oil levels. Yeah. So there's that, that's also something that, that just boggled my mind. Like, damn, we, we don't, there's still stuff out there that people are trying to grasp yeah and that understanding of it yeah i i just hope that continues to exist that passion that thing that there's still something to continue to learn yeah because my fear is that 50 years from now if if we figure out a lot more stuff then there's going to be a lot less of those questions that we're going to be able to ask and people may not be willing to go down that long path Mm -hmm. like when i think of people that are interested in physics they're always very passionate about the fact that there's just so much to explore, like yeah. so many different ways to go down and they study very long. Cause in order to get a, a, you know, a good career in physics, you have to, there's a lot of education required. Right. Yeah, yeah. And as that sort of barrier of entry to enter this field increases, I'm hoping that people continue to do it. Yeah. Uh, Cause I can imagine that like, Oh, I'm interested in physics, but it's also going to require 50 years of education. <laughs> yeah. Like I hope, I hope, uh-huh. I hope people still do it because I think it's important and I think it's really, really cool, but like information is always increasing. And, yeah, like, and like I said, we're not getting any quote unquote smarter, yeah. like intellectually processing power wise. I know. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of like space and physics and stuff, I know you probably know uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> astrophysicist. Yeah. Like he's one of my favorite people to go and listen to about that stuff because he's knowledgeable. Like I, I trust his knowledge mm-hmm. uh, on, on space and I know he does his own studies and, and whatnot. So whenever he talks about space and he was talking about that there's uh, different dimensions and stuff like that. Like there's 11 dimensions or some, something mm-hmm. crazy. I don't know. Uh, but what that makes you think like there's, if that's possible, like w- what else are we not thinking about that's, yeah. that's out here? Yeah. You know, it, to me, I don't think we'll ever get to the point where, the desire for growth goes away. Yeah. It's always going to be something more yeah. that we're going to try to uncover, like ch- chase after like yeah. the cavemen. They, they're, they didn't go outside their cave uh, because they thought it was dangerous, but one person probably went outside and started to discover new things. And then that led to 
a, a new invention. And then it right. just keeps uncovering itself over and over and over again until, you know, I mean, I don't know if it, it probably just goes on to infinity. Like yeah. there's really yeah. no stopping this universe. Like the universe keeps ex- expanding. Like, right. You know, that it's, it's weird just to think about like, if the big bang theory is, is real, that everything just came from nothing. Yeah. Like, it, it's hard to wrap our human minds human around rights. exactly something that we just can't comprehend. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, yeah. No, it's, it's bizarre. And like on, on the topic of like, but it's, it's yeah. still crazy that we do understand so much though. Yes. Like out of all this stuff, we understand a lot. Yeah. More than a lot of animals are, are, are like just we're, the most intelligent creature on this earth. And as of now, or yeah, as of now, the universe, because we don't know if any life exists outside, but who knows? We're, we're looking for that too. Yeah. (laughs) We're looking for that. We have a lot of stuff up in the air. A lot of open projects. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of open projects. Yeah. It just keeps growing and growing. But I mean, I think that growth is what we desire the most. Yeah. Like as human beings, the the worst thing you could do is be stagnant. Yeah. And I think that's our most uh I don't what's the word? We hate being in that state. We'd mm-hmm. rather be going somewhere or like going back. Yeah. Like we don't want to just be stagnant yeah. in, in anything. So if you're going back, you learn that, okay, I need to keep going and move forward or else I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to keep going back. But yeah. that the growth of knowledge, the growth of understanding who we are, our, our human capabilities, you know, every time some, a new record is broken, like you, you look at sports and stuff, people are always improving themselves. Yeah. So it, it will always those records will always continue to be broken and new ones will always be created because that's who we are. Like there's something inside of us. I don't know what it is, but that just the, the desire to grow in some direction, an idea comes into your mind and you take action on that. And an, another idea comes and you take action on that. And it's just a cycle yeah. that makes us who we are. It's well. This is a very cynical take to that, mm-hmm. but that's actually, you know, perceived by many philosophers as a blessing and a curse. Yeah. A curse in the sense that that exact thing that you described is the reason why we will never be able to live in a utopia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah. you think about yeah. it, yeah. which really sucks. <laughs> yeah. It really sucks. Yeah. Like the reason that we will never be able to live in a utopia, a perfectly harmonious society is because of that drive for passion. Like what you mm-hmm. said, if we can't go forward we're going to be trying to find a way to go backwards. We yeah. can't just stay stagnant, right? Yeah. And, and and that's and that's very difficult. That could, like I said, it could it could be the thing that got us so far, mm-hmm. and it could also end up being our downfall. So, yeah. um, very interesting to think of it in that perspective. It's very cynical, like what yeah. I said to say. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, no, that's why. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot yeah, for yeah. sure. To me, though, it's it, I don't know if you believe in the yin and the yang of of things, but to, to sum it up, it's basically when there's light, there has to be dark. Right. And when there's up, there's down. When there's front, there's back. It ha- there's always been a contrast in the universe. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Like, 
who knows why i mean if you ever find somebody that yeah. that created the universe tell them why it was like this because i would like to know um but i i really don't question that it just is like there's yeah. something about this universe that that there's always a contrast of any of everything there's yeah. there's always been when the sun goes up it goes down it, there's the cycle of it and when i look at that i think now because of of that understanding i've began to appreciate both yeah you know when when bad things happen to me i instead of worrying or doubting and having bad emotions about it i just accept it for what it is and know that good things have to come out like because if one thing happens bad something good has to happen like i believe in that yeah i don't know if it's true but if you believe in the yin and and the yang of things that's just how it has to happen yeah because it's how it works like to me i believe in it and a lot of it has to do with belief like if if you believe in something strongly enough that is the outcome you will perceive because everything is how you perceive it to be yeah that's your reality yeah you know, people talk about, well, you're not thinking in, in terms of reality. Well, what is reality? Like yeah. everything, there's no way you could comprehend what reality is because you're only a human in this body. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can understand how life actually is. Yep. You can only understand it as how you perceive it. That's it. It's also Abraham Lincoln quote, perception is reality. Yeah. No. Perception is reality. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I forgot what I was going to say. It was right on something you said. Um, I'll come back to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, I, I just remembered. Yeah, that's that's a great quote. Because I, I believe he used it in the context of trying to understand people's opinions right? yeah. and how they feel about things. I know Abraham Lincoln was referenced a lot by Carnegie in his book mm-hmm. as well um, because he really lived by that concept. So, yeah. I, But I, I agree. It's uh, it's incredibly important. Yeah, it definitely is. That, that perception and that's what everything is and it's the understanding of it that allows you to have the freedom of being able to communicate with everybody right right understanding that one person's life is might be completely different from yours and you might not know everything about them but just knowing that they have a different life than yours that's the biggest thing you don't have to know what exactly the details are or any of that yeah just have that awareness oh i right. remember what i was gonna say mm-hmm. um it, it was about the the words Pull this up a little bit yeah yeah it was about the words good and bad mm-hmm. the words good and bad were fundamentally good and bad can't exist without each other so uh, you were talking about how the bad things help you appreciate the good things yeah. right well they're relative terms good and bad are not objective like like it might be easy to think about them that way like yes i accomplished this and this is a good thing so then mm-hmm. therefore like this was something that was benefiting people is positive so it's good right yeah. but good actually means that it's better than bad and then bad actually means that it's not good yeah. <laughs> like that's if you really think about it that way if you don't have things that are bad you cannot have things that, that are, are good, good. Yeah. yeah and if you don't have things that are good you can't have things that are bad like mm-hmm. like that that's the thing like they're very relative terms to each other so they're equally as important like th- like that's a great mindset to have because Otherwise, you'll get fixated too much on one and you lose sight of the other. Yeah. Like there's there's so easy to do that. Each make 
makes you have to believe in one. You have yes. to believe in either one. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. So like if you're focusing too much on like all the bad things that have happened, you're never going to see the good. Yeah. Yeah. And if you focus too much on the good things, you're never, ever going to see the bad things coming. Right. Yeah. And, and it's very important to realize and appreciate both equally. Like I've, I've used that philosophy a lot. It's helped me so much mm-hmm. in overcoming my challenges and like being put down like in certain scenarios, but like it, it always ends up coming around. It's really made me help appreciate the good things that happened to me yeah. as well. So yeah, both, both of them are, are needed. Yeah. I, I don't think you can live without one of the, one or the other. Cause that's the experience. Yeah. Like as a human being, you get to experience that. Like to me being in this form is like, like we're not actually our bodies, but we're something else. Yeah. Like that's what I believe. And we're here to experience the duality of everything. Like there, that there's good things and there's bad things, but experience both. Don't, don't think that it, it's that your life sucks because you're in this circumstance, right? Right. There's, you have the ability to, to change how you perceive that mm-hmm. circumstance. You yeah. don't, you, you don't have the, the capability of, of might, you might not have the capability of changing the circumstance around you, but you can perceive it differently. Yeah. That like you, you, you had an accident, that, you have that power, you could have, right. you could have said like, fuck this, this sucks, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, but you, you decide like this happened to me. I'm not going to keep going, you know, I'm not going to cry myself to sleep. Every yeah. night. You know, yeah. I'm just going to push through it. And I know that, that I'll be a better person because of it. And I'm grateful no, to be alive. You know, like all those 100%. ideas, right? hundred percent. Yeah. I, I remember um, one of my friends was, was talking to me about that. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's like how the hell are you like so relaxed about all this? Like yeah. I, I would be freaking out. Yeah. Like my arm is broken. I'm going to have to wear a brace for three months. Mm-hmm. Like, and when you were sitting there, like in the hospital bed, like in my first day after my accident, I was just like cracking jokes, relaxing. <laughs> sure. I can give credit to some of the Norco cause that was doing yeah. its job with the pain and stuff. But <laughs> yeah. like, like I, I, it is what it is. Like I had already just moved on to it and was focusing on what the next step was. And he was like, how the hell do you do that? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's hard it's a skill that you have to train too like yeah. recognizing the good and bad of it it's not something that came naturally for me yeah, like definitely not one of the most definitely like not. devastating things that happened to me and i remember it very very vividly it's such a small thing too mm-hmm. is when i was a senior in high school i applied to be like drumline captain i applied yeah. to be drumline captain and i went through like an interview with the band director and i was super like i'd done music for six years super passionate about the activity mm-hmm. my team everything i didn't get it <laughs> i didn't get it and i was so like sad like i was so sad in the sense of like man i don't have this role like i won't be able to start off all of our rehearsals like i want to be able to like take initiative and do this but mm-hmm. i just didn't get it right yeah and i and, and this is like a moment of like weakness i spent that entire year just like not enjoying it mm-hmm. i spent i spent the entire year being critical of the person who did get it i yeah. spent the entire year losing my passion for the activity because i was no longer you know, I didn't get that position that I really mm-hmm. wanted. And you and were it, stuck in the past. And I was, yeah, I was yeah. stuck. I, I just, I was just focusing on just the bad. Yeah. Like I, it was my senior year. I, there were some like small glimpses in there where I, we had a wonderful time, like championships or mm-hmm. like after our first show or like when we were in the concessions waiting for the awards to be announced. Right. Yeah. But like that year, which is not good. Like I learned a lot from that year moving mm-hmm. forward. I was like, man, I didn't get it, but I totally just like shat on everything else. Like yeah. for no reason, like literally no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah, so like moving forward, I definitely learned from that experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I definitely learned from that experience. I don't let, let those things like nag me down anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like I just, I just got up and I just kept going. Like that's yeah. the only, that's like the only, that's the best way. Like mm-hmm. that's the best way to do it. Like, sure. It might've been easy to just like get stuck on it and just, you know, be sad. But I'm, I was, I think I was looking back. I was like, I would have been better off if I had just suffered through it for like a while yeah. and then tried and have fun. I would have yeah. had fun. I would have had a lot had, more fun. Had fun. So that, I, I take that same philosophy forward. I ain't going to make that same mm-hmm. mistake twice. Yeah. 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 We learn from our experiences and other people's experiences. And I've definitely learned that from both. Like yeah. I've, I've listened oh, yes. to a lot of speakers talk about that. And the, the biggest thing that, but the biggest takeaway that helped me was to not uh, resist it, but to accept it for what it is. It happened. So like, and, and it might not be what I expected or what I wanted the outcome to be, but that's what it is. And I could look at it from two perspectives or there's a bunch of perspectives, but you could look at it from the good or the bad. And that's a choice that each individual person has to make for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to tell you, that you have to do it like this or, or that you had to think good, but like, just know that if you think positively about a situation, you're going to feel better about yourself. Oh yeah. You know, and, and not only are you going to feel better, but like the people around you feel better when you're, yeah. when you're a positive person, that energy gets dispersed to everybody, yeah. like your family, your friends, everybody feels it. And when you're negative and I'm not saying that if you're in a negative spot that you have to fake it. Yeah, or you have to fake no. it. No, just accept that too. Like every everything that I'm saying is no matter where you're at, learn from all of it. Right. Don't just think that I have, since I'm talking about positive, like why am I not positive and, and try to get out of that state? It's accepting it. Okay, this is this is what's happening right now, but I'm going to try to to learn from it and, and see the, the positive outcome of it. And I think even your experience of having to deal with that for a year, like that taught you afterwards. Yeah. Right? The benefit came after that, like mm-hmm. that one year that was shit, but the, the year after that, then you learned. Yeah. So it might not come right away. Like the positive, right. You won't see it right away. And that's why some people choose to live in the past so much. Cause they, they think that whatever happened to them, that's who they are. Yeah. And when that's really it. it's your perspective could change like right now, like right. you could have a, a different idea about yourself and 100%. it would change. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I absolutely agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a powerful, powerful way of living that, that thing. And speaking of, of drumline and stuff, I, I know last time we talked about your Ted talk and yeah. stuff, but now we're, we're on the stage of the TEDx, uh, uh, CSUF has become like a, a, a big thing now, right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's become quite a bit. I mean, I've, I've been busy with lots of personal projects. Like I think this last year, I don't know if the last time we talked, um, did we get a chance to talk about MHI masters initiative? Uh, no, I don't think so. So I'll, I'll run through that too. Well, Ted, I'll start with Ted. Ted, mm-hmm. we have a, our second annual conference. This time it's yeah. going to be in person. Uh, October is that 23rd the first in person. Yes. First yeah, in person. Yeah, that's one. What I thought. yeah October 23rd. It's going to be on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long time in the running. We started auditioning for speakers in March. Um, and now we have about 12 speakers. We're on the cusp of potentially getting, um, Dr. Virgie, who is the president of the university's yeah, wife, yeah. who also runs a nonprofit. 
Um, and she's maybe potentially speaking, but we're sort of like working with her on a mm-hmm. last minute add in cause she was interested. Yeah. Um, but we have lots of other amazing speakers, students, faculty. We have someone from the drone industry flying in from Florida to come really? talk to us about nature and photography, which That's I think is, re- it's fun. really, really yeah. cool. And he, ha- he hired an animator for his talk, like to, to do his <laughs> That's great. It's, like, it, it's going to be awesome. So we, we've yeah. been working a lot. We've grown quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We've done two student centered conferences of our own called Titan talks. Um, where we've helped build professional speaking skills and brought professors to take like pro bono time to yeah. come and talk to students on how to build a speech from step one to drafting an idea to step five to presenting it on a stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been busy. We've grown quite a bit. This is my last year, actually. So I'm looking to pass on the torch to someone else. We currently have a, a co-president mm-hmm. who will be here one more year after me. And then uh, we're trying to look for a VP who's either a sophomore or a junior that we'll be able to pass it on to as well. Yeah. Um, but longevity, focusing on that for the time being. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Masteros Initiative is a charity that I founded uh, with one of my friends from high school. Actually, it started as a GoFundMe that he started. Uh, it raised about like 10 grand in three months at wow. the very beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and what the funds were going to be used for was buying PPE from abroad and then mm-hmm. donating it to hospitals here, like N95 masks and, yeah, and all those yeah. sort of things. Um, and he asked me to like, he joined, he asked me to join the team at first just to help out with like donating, sending out emails, reaching out to hospitals. I was like, sure, that sounds Mm -hmm. fine. Uh, that sounds like a cool thing to do, be active with the community, do my part and that sort of thing. And then it grew, it grew in the sense of like, um, the GoFundMe stopped getting donations. We had exhausted our immediate social media audience. And I was like, how can we keep this thing going? Cause we, yeah. we were doing some cool stuff. So we onboarded some more people on our team. We reached out to more people from our high school that went to different universities. Mm-hmm. Um, we started doing outreach at each one of those universities. Um, we started founding clubs, branches of our club at wow. each one. So, uh, we have about seven branches now at, uh, six different UCs and two private schools, uh, six different UCs and one private school. Mm-hmm. Um, we have about 150 members. We've donated more than, I think, $55,000 uh, worth of PPE. Like, I think that's like millions of, yeah, of yeah. units. Um, and it's been amazing. Amazing in the sense, like, if you had asked me a year ago, like, if it would have grown to that big, I would have been like, hell no. Yeah. Um, but now, like, we're established as, like, a charity in the mm-hmm. state of California wow. uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. It was a long journey, but it was a whole project that I've been doing. And mm-hmm. I've learned a lot from it in the sense of, like, how to manage uh, an, an organization that crosses from so many different schools that donates and tries to foster relationships with big places like hospitals and clinics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we did two main partnerships. We're doing one right now actively. Uh, we did a partnership with 360 Clinic, which was at one time the largest vaccination and testing site provider. Really? Um, so we would reach out to facilities and have them open up testing sites. Mm-hmm. So, for example, reaching out to the Anaheim Civic Center or reaching out to Angel Stadium and being like, hey, can we set up a testing site in your parking lot for these days? We would help them with that outreach. And the impact we did through that was amazing because we set up one testing site. They were able to test almost like 5,000, 6,000 people in a single weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, And same thing with vaccination sites. We were helping them do that as well, setting up those sites and finding those locations. Um, And the second thing that we did was uh, we're donating uh, PPE to healthcare workers in Vietnam. So Mm -hmm. um, raising funds for that, lots of collaboration across our different universities, partnering with different organizations. Um, but really cool. Like yeah, I, yeah. it's just honestly really, really cool. Like I, I feel really great that we were able to do all of this like online too. Like really all online. of our stuff. Yeah, all <laughs> online, all through Zoom, all through yeah. social media, crowdfunding, 
Um, all of our fundraisers were online at one point. Now we're just starting to do in-person stuff mm -hmm. at each of the schools because we're allowed to go back to campus and have meetings yeah, and things yeah. like that. Um, but we did all that online. And yeah. when I was like looking back at it, because I was actually updating my resume and my LinkedIn and CV with some of these accomplishments, mm -hmm. I was like, shoot, we've like, we've impacted a lot of lives, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of lives. Like we helped, I think tens of thousands of people get tested, tens mm -hmm. of thousands of people get vaccines. Yeah. Um, and it just started with like so an idea. A GoFundMe, uh, yeah, literally GoFundMe. just one GoFundMe. Yeah. And we were like, all right, how do we grow it and grow yeah. it and grow it? And it, it just, it became something cool. So mm -hmm. a lot of bumps along the way too, for sure. Yeah. A lot, a lot of bumps, a lot of periods where we thought like we were going to like shut down cause it got slow or mm -hmm. we were like losing core people on the team as we were scaling. Yeah. Like some people were just like, oh, I, I joined cause it was a GoFundMe and small, but now we're like growing a lot. I don't have the time for it. Mm -hmm. So we lost a lot of like original members of our team too. And that was yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but that's just part of the process, right? Part of the process. Like, exactly. Yeah. So. But that's what I've been up to. Lots, lots of cool things on that front for sure. Yeah, that's that's an that's an amazing way to 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 spread that that kindness. Like even though that there's a shitty situation happening, yeah. Yeah. the pandemic, the pandemic, and people are struggling. But what can I do to what make a greater impact? Right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's that's amazing, man. And speaking of of the the TED talks and stuff, um this the first in-person event and where where was what time is it again this one's uh, going to be saturday october 23rd yeah. on the csuf campus and, and the do they, TSU pavilions. Do people have to like get a ticket or yes if you're a csuf student actually mm -hmm. you can come 100 for free for like free. all csuf students are invited uh if you're not a csuf student i mm -hmm. believe tickets are five dollars five dollars okay, yeah that's 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 a great price for anybody, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah highly recommend it we're gonna have like i said around 12 to 13 speakers all mm -hmm. highly renowned like it's going to be pretty cool. We're ranging from a lot of topics. We have a professor coming. Uh, it's a professional sexual education professor. It's super really? interesting. Her <laughs> talk. It's actually really, really funny and cool. Yeah. Uh, another one on fast fashion, like different types of fast fashion and like what that means and how we can be more sustainable. Yeah. Uh, photography, like I mentioned, I'm really excited for that one. So yeah, for lots of cool stuff for sure. And all the talks will, if you can't make it to the conference, um, all the talks will be recorded and uploaded to Ted on their official channel. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to watch them on there and uh, be able to learn from some of these CSUF yeah. professionals. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Like all the, all the Ted talks, like whatever that, that organization in general, they, they've, they know how to do it right. Like everything, yeah. Yeah. all, all the speakers I watch, I watch a lot of the Ted talks. Um, and, and I get to learn from so many unique perspectives. Like there, there are people that have, uh, like you said, nature uh people who are interested in nature people yeah. who are interested in cooking like all these different aspects you could start to learn about yeah um and that's that's incredible just be, having that resource available and ideas coming into your to, to your mind and, and learning from it and yeah it allows you to think i i enjoy this i i could try it you know yeah. like that's yeah that's how I mean, how I did this podcast is like, I saw other people doing podcasts and was like, let me give it a shot. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and I enjoy it. Right. That's how we get to build as, as human beings. It, it's, it's really cool. Like the, 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 the slogans ideas worth sharing mm -hmm. and, and there's just so many great ideas. Like some of it's like not even direct, like what you were saying, not maybe not may not be directly applicable, but damn, is it interesting? Yeah. It's like, interesting. like I, I think I, I really like the animator one. Like I can't pick favorites, but I really like yeah. that one. Cause when he came to audition, his pitch was like, um, 
he wanted he he had a lot of experience in videography. He mm-hmm. designs drone cameras for a living and stuff like that. I worked for a large drone company. Like designs the designs the actual camera, like oh, the, architecture oh, the architecture and how they record the footage and That's how, crazy. why they should record it, what they should focus on, and the lenses mm-hmm. and all yeah, that sort of I, stuff. I, that that information just wouldn't fit in my brain. Like I don't know how the first step of <laughs> yeah. how to how yeah, that works. No, I, don't, like, I don't know either. Those drones go like you know forty <laughs> sixty miles per hour and it records like fully stabilized four yeah. K footage. I, I don't know That's how they insane. do it, but like, he, but that, he wanted to do his talk on the Fibonacci sequence and how it appears in nature really? and how he uses that in order to design his cameras because he designs his cameras in a very unique way that in, tries to capture nature in its very pure form, mm-hmm. pure form in the sense of like, he doesn't design cameras to just capture an image. He designs cameras to focus on certain aspects of nature that he can just like focus the technology on yeah so like like the colors like the color yeah yeah, the color Mm -hmm. schemes and all that sort of stuff and he's just he says that he uses fibonacci sequence for everything and he was giving me examples like fibonacci sequence in leaves and like how the structures of the stems are and like it always it fits perfectly Mm -hmm. along like that number sequence or like even like the way that your body's proportioned yeah he's like pointing this out or like the ways that um cracks are formed naturally in sidewalks Mm -hmm. i'm like what the hell like this is like i just never thought about (laughs) it it was just like an eye-opening thing so i'm really curious to see yeah how that ends up turning out but yeah. like for me like i don't know that much about the fibonacci sequence like so can you explain it a little bit like how yeah yeah so fibonacci sequence is like uh it's this naturally reoccurring set of numbers oh, i don't remember it off the top of my head mm-hmm. i think it's like one one i don't want to butcher it's like one one four four three something like that right yeah. and it, it it's like a people use it in the sense of i think the way that it originates from is from a fractal image so a fractal image is it's an image that can be infinitely zoomed into so oh, okay. like that's a, it's a, it's like a very unique yeah, shape it just keeps with going. Infin- yeah it just mm-hmm. keeps going and going you can keep zooming and zooming and zooming in and the way that it grows i think is through the fibonacci sequence like it has that sort of like ratio to it yeah um but that ratio just randomly occurs in nature in many different ways in the way in like star structures in the ways that our bodies are aligned or other animals in mm-hmm. the ways that animals will form their hives or their homes yeah. you can apply the fibonacci sequence to figure out a sort of way to structure it right yeah and he uses that same sort of thing to figure out how to capture images and how to structure his cameras and stuff like that um because he just it's the most like common structure mm-hmm. in the world like yeah like and and that's i just think it's really cool like yeah. really really cool and the way to replicate that and i feel like if you have a good understanding of this really basic principle of mm-hmm. how things are structured you can apply it in lots of unique ways yeah like if you can understand like the way that the world was created like i can't imagine like what other things you could use with that information. You'd mm-hmm. probably be one like one of the most smartest people in the world if you knew something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like this very basic thing you can apply to almost anything. And that's why I really like it. Cause mm-hmm. it's like a really unique idea worth sharing that many people can learn from and apply to their yeah. lives. And so, implement. Like, and implement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's a, actually incredible. He's probably might be I don't know if he's the first person, like he said if he's the first person to use that type of technology, but it is incredible to to witness somebody that has grasped that idea and then put it into something that then can be used by people around the world, right? They could use those drones and uh, they could create stuff with that, right? Yeah. 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 And and it's, it's, it's really cool. (laughs) It's really freaking cool. Yeah. I mean, drones have been, uh, I think recently, maybe in the past, like five, maybe five or six years have increased in popularity to where like anybody, like, 
each of us can go out and like buy and a drone. Yeah. 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 And, and they're, they're a lot cheaper now too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that industry as a whole has been growing a lot across a variety of sectors. Like yeah. um, my, my brother-in-law is an excellent example of that. My brother-in-law, he used to just, he bought a drone. He was really interested in flying around as a hobby. Right. Yeah. And when he made a YouTube channel where he would upload like his vacation videos or he would go to like cool places like the beach and record these filmmaking videos. And he was reached out by businesses that wanted drone footage, yeah. right? And he made a professional career out of it. Like wow. he, he started his own company and he started doing professional drone flights for mm-hmm. uh, retailing, for example, selling houses or businesses or uh, making a, a, a commercial or recording yeah. nature footage. He started partnering with other drone companies, right? Um, and it's it's really remarkable now. And I was, I was reading an article um, about drones and how they're starting to be applied to lots of different industries, like the oil industry, for example. Really? And you might wonder, like, how are drones going to be used in the oil industry? Well, fun fact, in order to do maintenance on an oil rig, which mm-hmm. is thousands of miles deep into the ocean, you have to fly a helicopter out there, or in some cases, boat a helicopter out there mm-hmm. and then take off from the boat in order to do maintenance and surveying around the rig. Yeah. Um, but that is starting to change. Now what they're starting to do is either hire a drone operator to go to the rig and run a drone around as opposed to a large helicopter, mm-hmm. um, or they're starting to make fully automated systems. There's a drone, like let's say, that launches from the top of the tower every day at 6. It tricks a full circle flight around everything, and then it lands back at 6 on a charging pad, and then it does the same thing every day, and all the footage is uploaded. Right? But you can think about the amount of costs that are being saved, yeah. millions and billions of dollars mm-hmm. over the year, right? Um, More efficient. Exactly. Yeah. And and I've, I've seen drones being used to take inventory for large companies, like, for example, a bread manufacturer that has these huge silos of wheat. And mm-hmm. you need to figure out how much wheat you have in a silo. Right. Yeah. So they go and they drone to the very top and they look at the rim and they use that to calculate how much is left based yeah. on the, where the rim is, how many feet deep. Mm-hmm. So it's like super interesting. Like we're getting this whole new aerial view, like yeah. these cameras that we can now suddenly put up in the air and look and see whatever we want. Can't mm-hmm. just, it's not just used for a hobby anymore. It's like being used in a lot of business senses. Yeah, a so lot of business. I think it's going to be one of those big industries that it's definitely going to grow a mm-hmm. lot in the next like five to 10 years. I think it, it's going to be a big one because yeah. like it's not just used in filmmaking anymore. Yeah. Like it's starting That's, to be used for business applications. And whenever something like that mm-hmm. is starting to be used for business applications, we can look at tech as an excellent example. Yeah. When you're starting to use tech for wrangling data or making analytic choices as opposed to just going on AOL, mm-hmm. it grows. It grows. <laughs> it grows. It definitely like grows. It, grows. <laughs> it grows a lot. The industry yeah. grows. So I'm, I'm like, if I was going to bet on something, I'd say drones, drones. are going to be one of the big industries. In yeah. The I remember I, I, I know that it started with filmmaking. Like, I, I don't know exactly where it's some people, some films use helicopters and stuff, but yeah. some films use uh, professional drones where yeah. they hook up the camera and everything. Yeah. And then when I started watching like Casey Neistat, like that was probably one of the first introductions of drones. Like I know yeah. DJI yeah. makes some great drones. DJI makes great drones, yeah. yeah. And so I started looking at that. And then now you see the evolution of, now businesses are being able to configure it in their own way to best support their, yeah. their needs. Right. Yeah. So it's not just a camera anymore. It could, they could put different sensors on it and, yeah. and use it for different things. It's one of the most interesting application of a drone I heard of, Real, there was a it? hedge fund, um, that bought, uh, a, they contracted a drone flyer to fly over Tesla gigafactories every day. Um, for like, they, they would do a fly and they would look at the lots. 
every day. Yeah. How many cars are in the lots every day? And they would hire a drone person to go and they would use that information to try and make hedge investments, yeah. like buy Tesla stock <laughs> yeah. based on like how much they were producing and because it was important. This was back when Tesla was like facing a lot of uncertainty. Like, are they actually producing cars? Mm-hmm. Like they had like people were saying they have a lot of unsold cars in their lots. Or, so they just put a drone yeah, up there. They have trouble like distri- distributing the cars once they make them. Yeah. So they would send out a drone person every day and they would pay, contract them for like tens of thousands of dollars to literally just fly over. Yeah. And it's, it's, it was crazy because I remember it sparked a legal debate about whether or not that was like insider mm-hmm. trading or should be allowed, like going into the company, company's operational facilities. Yeah. But FAA says that anything above, I think like six or 5,000, no, it's probably less than that. Like I think six or 500 feet uh-huh. is like international airspace. Yeah, yeah, so it's all yeah, free. Yeah. So like you can't get mad if someone drones over your factory and looks at your lots. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. so no, it's like a wire, but it was such an interesting application in the sense of like a hedge fund hiring a drone flyer to make in like to get information yeah. for investments. Like, yeah. man, if that's not creative, I don't know what is. <laughs> I know, that's crazy. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Tesla though, I, I, I think I recently read an article about uh, Elon moving the headquarters to Austin, Texas. Yeah. And I saw big. this factory, like this shit goes for at least a mile. Like it's one of the biggest buildings yeah. you'll ever see. Like I think they do insane. have the record for the biggest building. Yeah. The in, biggest yeah. building in the world. Yeah. I, I, like some guy was uh, driving his car, like on the street across from it, right. Mm-hmm. Parallel to it. And he had the camera and he was just recording on the side and it just kept going and going for a mile. Yeah. And they're still building it. But it's going to be insane to see the the growth. Of- it's all. Yeah, it's it's bizarre because I think the way that the Tesla factory is structured is that the, a whole car can be made in two minutes because it goes really? down one line. Wow. Like it's one full line, mm-hmm. like from from like where the car starts and you put the chassis like all the way to the very end to yeah. where you have a finished car. It's all one line. Uh, and I think that's really, really cool. Like mm-hmm. Tesla, I, I always like to say this. It's like, it's a mutt company because yeah. they've learned so much from different industry leaders. Like, mm-hmm. like they got the one chassis design from McLaren, like McLaren cars in the hypercar community are known because it's all one chassis. Yeah, yeah. Like Lamborghinis have all these saw components, but if you look at a McLaren, you won't be able to find a crease yeah. where they inserted a, something a anywhere. No, anything. never yeah. Yeah, anywhere. Like yeah. even the doors are integrated, everything in the chassis. Mm-hmm. Right. So they took that design they, and, and Tesla originally started by selling Porsche chassis. Really? Like they would buy old Porsche like frames and they would mm-hmm. repurpose them to make them Teslas. That Damn. way they didn't have to make their own chassis when they started out as a company. Yeah. Um, so they, they always take these really cool ideas and then they, they put them in this way. Right. Mm-hmm. So their, their gigafactories are really, really interesting accomplishments in the sense of um, I believe in California, the largest building used to be the Stanford Neutron Collider. And yeah. then, then, the, then the Gigafactory <laughs> stole it. Um, and it's just massive. The amount of batteries that they're going to be producing mm-hmm. every second in that facility, the solar generated power that they have yeah. as well. It's going to be crazy. It's yeah. going to be crazy. And, and they're not afraid to try new things like it, because no. it's a lot to due to Elon. Like yeah. he's just that person that is, not, is willing, to, in. Is willing yeah. to risk to get something that he wants to achieve. Like it's it's the it's the best or nothing at all like yep. he'd rather yep. do what he wants and he envisions it to be or he wouldn't do it and the right? world gave him an, uh, a limited supply of money to do it <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah i know tesla as a company is very very cash heavy mm-hmm. which is great for like all the innovation and investments that they're doing yeah um no it's like really really good because like they're able to like normally like a company wouldn't be able to scale this large <laughs> really? like no one can just build a mile long factory it's going to take two years before it's fully operational mm-hmm. and then like they have the cash to do yeah. that and still <laughs> are producing cars while yeah. that's yeah being that's an operational built. company yeah. at the same yeah. time you know it's it's bizarre mm-hmm. it's bizarre i i really i really like and admire tesla for what it is yeah. it may not be it may may not be the most sensical 
company mm-hmm. in the sense of like how it's grown so much and like people always like say that it's very overvalued like this and that yeah. because a large portion of Tesla's value is what people will believe it will grow to be, mm. right? It has like an intrinsic speculation. Yeah, speculative value. Mm. So lots of investors knock on it for that reason. And lots of investors have lost out on lots of opportunities, <laughs> me included, like uh-huh. I, me included, man, I wish I bought Tesla stock like a year ago, back uh-huh. when it was $200 pre the split. Yeah. And now it's like <laughs> I think I got 600 it. bucks. I like, think I got split. it at 200 something yeah and, uh i didn't get a lot though like probably like two shares or something but yeah that's it like, I, at first i was like i because i would look at the company and be like all right this seems like a little overvalued and mm-hmm. then it increased a lot and like wow this is really overvalued and I'm like but like every second i was like no but i don't want to invest because now it's got to go down like <laughs> yeah, it's way yeah. way too high and then it keep going <laughs> it up, up and up and up and up and i was like oh my gosh you know and after i reached a certain point I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to admire this for what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It's an, it's, a, it's an anomaly for sure. One of its kind sort of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's amazing to see like that, the creativity of, of, of new businesses coming in, like their, their cars look completely different yeah. than everything else on the, the road. The Cybertruck, like, man. Yeah. The Cybertruck. I don't know who especially. designed that thing, but that, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. I know. That's interesting. And even though it hasn't come out yet, like it, it it's probably going to come out soon uh mm-hmm. it's been in the works but just the willingness to take the risk to put out something yeah that you know is going to benefit people and and that is creative and it 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 shows the expansion that is possible like yeah. every truck you see on the road today it's like mostly the same design yeah you know the same bed length and everything like yeah and people yep. are used to it the construction people that use trucks are 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 fine with it. Like yeah. nobody's complaining. And yeah. so they just do whatever's, yeah. uh, whatever everybody agrees with. But here comes this company that sees new thing, a, a new way of looking at it and, and makes it like the glass bulletproof or whatever. <laughs> and everything's <laughs> yeah. like a steel, everything's steel. And so like, if, if you, if you get into an accident in that, like you're probably going to survive no problem because yeah. that thing is you're gonna like be, built. Yeah. I'd be more concerned for the person <laughs> yeah. that gets hit. I know. <laughs> yeah. And it, he said, um, I think a year, last year or, or whenever it was released, he said all they're trying to do is now like shrink it a little bit because it was too big to fit inside a normal garage. Yeah. yeah. So that's all they're trying to do is just have the parts ready and, and they're, they're, the demand is there already. Like people have put in the deposits and and the orders yep. are already there. So, yep. and same with the roadster, like that's going to be insane. A roadster is going to be insane. That's going to be, I actually have some mixed <laughs> like feelings crazy. about the roadster. If you want to talk about that, <laughs> my, my main concern with the roadster is never before. Have you been able to buy a car that can go zero to 60? in I think it was like 2.4 seconds, 2.3 seconds. It's a, uh, for the roadster, you're saying for the roadster, it's yeah. like 1.9. That's, that's, yeah. that's like <laughs> Bugatti like level. That's hyper car level. My yeah. bike, I, my bike, I used to joke. It was called the Bugatti killer. Cause it would go zero to 60 in like two point something seconds. Yeah. 2.1 seconds. Mm-hmm. It was fast. Mm-hmm. It was a really fast bike. But, um, that I, I don't know. You, the reason why I'm a mixed bag about it is because for 250 grand, you can go buy that car. Yeah. And for 250 grand, you were suddenly put in a vehicle <laughs> with so much power that I just, I think it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I, I, I'm genuinely fear that people are going to be gunning that thing. Cause we were like in the car community, there's always the jokes about Mustangs and chargers and mm-hmm. souped up Supras and how people like can get, you know, a, soup, a stupid fast car yeah, yeah. for a, a small, a relatively small amount of money. Right. Mm-hmm. 
But I just, I think putting that much power in a rather inexperienced driver, because you look at the client demographic, yeah. they aren't the people that go in garages and, and build cars. Most of those people mm-hmm. are generally like working class, white collar workers, yeah. working businesses, have a nice like pool of money. If you normally wanted to get a car that goes that fast, you would have to dump a couple million dollars in yeah. a hypercar. Yeah. And now you're just able to get one for 250 grand. And I just hope I don't see people wrapping them around trees. Like that's yeah. genuinely like my thing. Cause I think it might be a little bit dangerous and that's not to say, and that's also to point out the fact that it's a fully electric car mm-hmm. with so much torque, like so much, so torque. much torque. I think so much. Like, torque. I don't want to say the wrong thing. It, it's insane. Like it's, it's, it's it is insane. insane. It like is 1.9 seconds. Insane. Like, and he was saying, uh, on a, I think on Joe Rogan's podcast or something that he, he was going to, he's willing to put like rocket boosters in, in the back to, to, and point it, uh, upwards, I think to put more down on the on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't see that tech, like you see that technology in Koenigsegg cars, which are like one of one, like $3 million vehicles, like Mm. where it has the downforce on the air. Like, I just, I don't know how I feel about like a 24 year old who just got a job at McKinsey and is buying his (laughs) Tesla Roadster. And then he's like, I don't know. I don't don't trust people with that much power sometimes, especially Mm -hmm. like on the public streets and stuff. Like, it's just different. It's yeah. different. Like you, like another thing too, is you look at the motorcycle community, people can boat, you can go and get a, a vehicle like a Kawasaki H2 mm-hmm. for about like 20 grand and it can do way faster than mm-hmm. what that roadster does. Cause yeah. that's a motorcycle that it has superchargers built into it. You can buy it for 20 grand. Damn. All you need is a motorcycle license yeah. and you can go zero to 60 in like 1.8 seconds, probably on one wheel, but yeah. you can do it. And and you look at those, like how people get hurt on those things mm-hmm. very often because you have a lot of over eagle people, very adventurous, daredevil people. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Let me just push it. And then mm-hmm. all you got to do is just mess up once and you're gone. Yeah. Like you just, and it's very dangerous. And, and people get hurt a lot and, and people do it. And it's not, it's not a judgment thing. I, it's not, it's not like I, I'm saying that some people don't have the capability to do it. Yeah. I'm just saying that when you put it up to everybody to decide. Yes that if they want it and they want it yes. and then what happens right yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's a it's a lot of power to put on someone for such a low barrier mm-hmm. right so i think that's going to be the biggest thing um that i'm sort of concerned about yeah <laughs> i hope i don't i hope i don't see people wrecking a bunch of teslas cuz they're just like gunning it on streets and stuff yeah. that would be very sad to see i i remember um it's fun fact like the e motorcycle industry is growing a lot too people are mm-hmm. making battery powered bikes now and someone asked Mus about it in a conference and he's like, hell no, I'm never going to build a motorcycle. <laughs> he's like, I, I rode a motorcycle once when I was 16, almost got ran over by a truck. Yeah. <laughs> Tesla won't be making motorcycles. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's good. Because if I saw people riding e-bikes, oh mm-hmm. my God, that would be so bad. No. That would be so bad <laughs> because those bikes, like uh, bike, motorcycles by default are very torquey because mm-hmm. they're very low weight, like wheels, horsepower right? to weight ratio. Yeah. It's very high. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you put a battery on that thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't even <laughs> want to think about it. That'd be all. Uh, so yeah, yeah it's going to get to a point where if you want, like, it's a question about safety rather yeah. than safety. performance. Like just because right? we can make a car that can go 1.8 yeah. in 60 <laughs> seconds for 200 grand. I don't know if we should. Yeah. <laughs> like, like should it's we, or them. should we? leave it to like F1 cars or like stuff like that. Yeah, you know? like that's like that's stupid fast, bro. Like 1.8 seconds is stupid fast. That's like if you hit a bump on the road, like you're going to lose control of the wheel fast. Yeah. Like, I, 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 just, I don't know. Even don't that know new um, Tesla uh, played, right? Or plaid. Yeah, the, the Model S the P100D can go very fast, yeah, like yeah. around that price. But man, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Cause like we have lots of regulations on like speed limits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We have lots of regulations on what we can do to our cars. Like 
you're not allowed to remove catalytic converter for the environment. You're not allowed to take out the engine gaddle to, so like a police cars, fun fact, they mm-hmm. have an ECU, like computerized unit attached to the engine that controls how fast gas can be put into the engine. Yeah. That's why like, if you can, you can have a, a Dodge Charger 2020, you know, 600 horsepower, Hellcat, but you may whatever. not beat yeah. a 1998 Crown Vic police car. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because those cars have those computerized units removed. So when they press on the accelerator, there's like a, a gallon of gas will go in the engine and combust wow. at once. Damn. And that's, and it's really bad for the car. Yeah. But like, if you need to chase after someone, you won't beat a yeah. cop car. And, and, and those like Dodge chargers, they may accelerate fast and everything, but they have those computerized units that will control mm-hmm. how much gas will go inside for obviously safety reasons, longevity, but for it's illegal to take yeah. those out. Um, and we have lots of these regulations for our safety mm-hmm. and for our rules and stuff like that. And I don't know, I, I'm not, but I don't want to regulate still, a Tesla car, yeah. but like at the same time, that's way, that's really fast, bro. That's like yeah. dangerous. There's still no regulation on performance though. Like there, yeah. there's nobody saying like, you can't build a car over 2000 horsepower or yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something crazy, you know? Yeah. No, it's just, yeah. I, I don't know. Like those cars are silent and they're quick and they don't weigh a lot. The Roadster, I think yeah. it's, it's a very small, nimble car. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it has a ton of safety features that you would have in like a truck or an SUV yeah. or even like a hypercar like Bugatti. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's even like the G force you would take from hitting yeah. something at that speed. I know that there's probably a lot of science and of course, Elon, it's good that Elon's uh, and Tesla are doing it because he actually owns SpaceX as well. Yes. So they know a lot about the G forces and, and yeah. they have that team yeah. there and that de- that data ready for to implement in cars or any yeah. safety things that they need to do. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see. If I, I mean, I, I'm not one to talk though because if, if I if I had the ability to afford one, I'd grab one yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like 250 grand, 1.8 seconds. I think it's yeah. supposed to have full surround sound too. <laughs> just, yeah. Like, I don't know. It just sounds like a really cool car, like a really to, cool sports some car. Logic and yeah. going like I mean, if, miles if I had 250 yeah. grand to spend on a really cool car, my, like my choices at that point would be like a souped up BMW series or like an older, like Lamborghini or something like that, uh, or a top of the edge, innovative technology, 2020 roadster. Yeah. Like, bro, I think there's it, no, there's it's, no choice it for, it for price. Yeah. It, it's like, it's almost as revolutionary as the mid engine Corvette that yeah. came out like, for 60 grand, you can get like a mid-engine Corvette C8 mm-hmm. if you can find one. But like, yeah. yeah, but like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That, I, lo- I love cars personally. Like, I know you do too. Yeah. Uh, but it's, there's something about driving that is so like, gets your senses all riled oh, yeah. up. Like everything about that. And especially with, um, with gas cars, like yeah. you, I, I've driven electric cars and, and the speed is great, but there's something about the sound yeah, that the engine makes. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. There's something about that, that gets you like, I don't know what it is, but it's a feeling Yeah, that is pure bliss. I, I, hearing I'm, I'm a car junkie through and through too. Yeah. And yeah, it's different. It's, it's definitely different driving like an electric car. Like the biggest thing about riding a bike like when, mm-hmm. when you're riding a motorcycle is like they're really fast, but it's such like a visceral feeling. Like yeah. It's like taking what you get from riding like a really fast gas four wheel car mm-hmm. and then you just intensify it like yeah. crazy. So like when you're driving a bike, you can feel everything. You feel, feel the wind, everything. you hear the gas, you hear how the engine is responding to you on the mm-hmm. throttle. And it's it's like almost as like an, it's an extension. Like the best way I put it is like the scene in Tron yeah. where like, you know, like they have the little sticks that make the motorcycles and they throw them into the air and yeah. they like get back on them. Like that's how it literally <laughs> feels like is. that. Like you just pull it out and it's like, oh man, like suddenly my legs are now part of this motorcycle yeah. and you feel that's it crazy. like in between your legs. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Um, it, It's 
it's definitely a crazy feeling. Mm-hmm. Like that, and that's why I, I love the car community yeah. for that reason. Everybody sort of understands <laughs> that mutual feeling. That's pretty hard to describe to someone uh-huh. else, like how this machine is making me feel alive. Yeah. <laughs> but we all get it. We all get it. We all get it. dude. I mean, I go on YouTube and I would, I scour the internet for like car videos. I could do that for like hours. <laughs> hours. You know? Oh, I've done it. Yeah. I've done it for yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> I've done There's it. There's something hours. about that. Like just, going and, and looking at drag races and, and all types of stuff like that. And it's a beautiful community. And I mean, it's, it's sad seeing all that cars are going all electric. Like you see the, the evolution of it mm-hmm. going towards that way. And, and of course, one day it's going to probably just be all electric from now on just yep. for the environment. Yep. But, uh, but until then, like enjoy what we have here like yeah you know yeah, yeah yeah and and this year especially a lot of car companies have gone all in on uh on like the gas performance like lexus put out uh is 500 something like mm-hmm. it was it's a v8 they yeah. would normally never do that like put a v8 in their yeah. base entry uh model right like who would do that but they did it because moving forward they're gonna have to do it electric so might as well give it like one last hoorah before everything goes there so it, it's it's a fun time right yeah. now in the car community yeah that's crazy i didn't know that yeah they're putting a v- v8 <laughs> yeah oh god there's a and then the the i forget what is it's either the ram trx i believe mm-hmm. that has like a, a thousand horsepower truck a truck with a thousand horsepower oh yeah speaking of like thousand horsepower i think the yeah. the tesla cyber truck can can with the performance model does zero to 60 in like two seconds as well <laughs> yeah like, what the f- <laughs> <laughs> why just so many questions why? because we can because we can <laughs> but because we can doesn't mean we yeah, should we like, should yeah. but oh my god that's that's hilarious when i heard that i'm like what did I get correctly? <laughs> it's like, um, I remember every once in a while I'm on the freeway and I'm driving next to like one of these large trucks mm-hmm. and I just hear them like gone on the engine because <laughs> yeah. they're like, they're passing someone. I can hear it. I'm like, dang, yeah. that truck has to force itself just to get from like 60 to 80 and mm-hmm. pass someone. And I'm just like, in the future, I'm just imagining like a roadster just diving in between, not a roadster, uh, a cyber truck going yeah. in, <laughs> in between cars, at like just 80 miles per hour. Is the road noise. That's yeah. probably it. That's it. Yeah. But that thing weighs like four tons or something yeah. like that. It's a huge car. It's a it's just car. going so fast that yeah I'm, I'm like i'm so curious to see what that drives like I a know. four ton car that goes that fast yeah it's crazy that's gotta be interesting that just the innovation though like i'm glad that they're doing it but at the same time the safety is also important <laughs> too so important right? bro yes yeah. so important yeah but dude i and the, the another thing about safety and, and cars and stuff autonomous driving has be it has been yeah. growing even since the last time i think we talked about it in 2019 like on that podcast yeah. we talked about it a little bit but even now like two years later a lot more cars are, are having it now like yeah. in just two years it's yeah. been an increase and i even saw audi make a i forget the exact model but it was like a prototype and the the steering wheel could actually go into the console itself yeah and it could be autonomous yeah and the actual um car itself like uh i forget what the like the front of the car could extend and and go back oh, back and crazy. forth like yeah. just so that you could have a, a lower so- center of gravity yeah. Yeah. in the car and and make it more sporty i guess or you could extend it and then it'll be uh autonomous yeah and you could just sit there 
and That's the wild. car will those take prototype you. cars are so yeah. cool yeah <laughs> yeah no no it, it, it's crazy like i think now it's pretty standard for like all luxury car models to have like the guided auto yeah, uh, the guided, cruise control mm-hmm. so like it keeps you within the lane even my toyota like that has it yeah yeah, yeah. the uh i forget what exact feature what it's called but yeah if you put it on cruise control mm-hmm. it'll keep the distance yeah. and it'll actually like break to break, zero yeah, break and adjust yeah. the speed and then um this mm-hmm. has been existing for uh, about a year or two, too, as well as the, yeah. um, the parking, parallel parking for oh, you yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So it's crazy. I, I'm very, I'm very interested to see like what, what, what's in hold for autonomous driving. Cause I know Tesla, um, I, if I remember correctly, it, people call Tesla a software company in that sense too, because of the cool proprietary software that they have mm-hmm. and their auto driving is one of them. Like I think they're, I know Apple was looking to invest in an in auto driving as their own. I know Google had one a while ago. I, don't, I, yeah. I haven't been following up with it much, but yeah, Apple was saying they're, ma- or they're Apple didn't say, but there are rumors that they're making a car. Yeah. But who knows? I, I think, I, I think Musk commented on, on that as well. Someone interviewer asked him, he's like, if you want to hire, you know, hundred software engineers, it's pretty hard to keep it quiet. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think there's going to be some, some competition on that end as well. I'm very interested mm-hmm. to see what autonomous driving looks like. Cause I, I, I don't know. I, I think it, it's one of those things that I would really enjoy to see become mainstream. Like, yeah. Like all cars become self-driving. Mm-hmm. And because if you think about it this way, the biggest thing to worry about with self-driving cars is people that are driving around you. Right. So yeah. if everybody is using self-driving cars. This, uh, the system essentially becomes fairly seamless. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if like, that's the thing that I want or like necessary. Cause like we were mm-hmm. just talking about how driving is like a really fun, yeah, awesome activity. It's an so experience. It's an experience, know? but. And to not live with it, it's, uh, yeah. I can't imagine right yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah. it's, it's, it's bizarre. I'm very curious to see like mm-hmm. what that'll look like. I, I think it'll be more option based. Uh, more like if you want to have it autonomous driving in traffic, then it'll, you could have that option. And then maybe one day it might get to the point where the roads are integrated. Like if you go on a specific yeah. highway, you have to be on autonomy mode. That's what I was or something thinking. Like that, not, you know? I'm just like, I wonder what that infrastructure is going to be. Yeah. Who's going to figure that out? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was, uh, I, I was talking to my dad about this actually. He was like, I think in the future, what's going to happen is that like in the near future, like before maybe some of the stuff that we're talking about happens mm-hmm. is if, uh, if like these auto driving cars become a lot more mainstream, then if you have auto driving on your car and you get insurance and you use just auto driving, your insurance yeah. will be a lot lower, <laughs> like a lot, lot lower. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. That and it makes sense. And so you have the option, like all the strokes on the streets are allowed to do self-driving or auto driving. Mm-hmm. But if you do auto driving, then your insurance is a lot lower. Yeah. But if you, if you, if you want to do manual driving, you're going to have to like pay more. Yeah. Like to do just that. to do that, just to do that. So mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. I can see that making sense. Like, yeah. I can see that making sense. Yeah. And as more and more cars do that, I mean, the tech, as the years go by, the technology improves. Yes. And at the same time, the price goes down for the technology. Yeah. Yep. And so you see it in base level cars. Yeah. Especially know. if one more competition comes around. Cause yeah. I think right now Tesla charges like $20,000 to get the software add on yeah. for self-driving cars. And I think if, what do you call with more competition comes out, they'll be forced to lower that price a little bit and make it more accessible, which I'm very excited for. Yeah. 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 That, that's going to be a big change. That. Oh, this is another fun fact too with Tesla cars uh-huh. is fun, all the fa- all the cars are the exact same manufactured model. Like, really? you know, like for Lexus, like the IS500 and then the IS500S might be different. Yeah. Like, you know, with the engine configuration, wheel configuration, all that. Mm-hmm. All Teslas are the same. Every model is the same. So all Model 3s are the exact same. Really? Yeah. 
The only thing that's different is the computerized software that allows you to utilize certain things. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I like heard I, about that. I, I remember when there was the hurricane in Florida. Uh, Elon Musk unlocked all the Teslas in Florida to be full P100D supercharged models. <laughs> really? Yeah, because he was like, yeah, you know, people are going to need the extra range to uh-huh. get out. So he unlocked the batteries so that everybody could fully charge their Teslas as if they were fully kitted models. Wow. So like all the Model 3s were able to get the full 220 miles or something yeah, like that yeah. as opposed to like the 180. Yeah. Um, but that, that's and, crazy. And he did that remotely. He like, did that for remotely. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy that he was able to do that, but it's also crazy in the sense that when you're buying a Tesla, you may be paying like $35,000 for a Model 3 or you may be paying like $60,000 for mm-hmm. a Model 3. And the only difference is like the auto driving software and um, like the dual motors or things like that. But all of that is like already included. It's just mm-hmm. locked away. So yeah. when you think about it this way, they're charging an extra 30 grand for software. It's for software. For software. Yeah. For you to like, you know, and the cameras. Yeah. Like the cameras are already in the car and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And all it needs is like it's that just verification, to be unlocked, yeah, right? Unlocked. So that price could be reduced. Like, it, it, like they they have a full control over how much they charge for that. Yeah. So I'm th- I'm I'm hoping that once like Volkswagen releases their e model and their auto driving, once Audi does it, once Lexus does it, that those prices will go down. Yeah, definitely. I think that'll be really awesome. Yeah, it's gonna impact a lot of people. Like just having that option to to do that. Like mm-hmm. if uh, it might even get to the point where if you want to like send your kids to school, like you could just have yeah. them sit in the car and like yeah. take the kids or whatever. My, my coolest idea that I, I read online is uh, I think this was Musk wanted to do this for the boring company mm-hmm. was having a Tesla taxi service oh, where yeah. you get picked up by a fully automated Tesla mm-hmm. and then you, you just like tell it where you want to go like on an app and it just drops you off there. No driver. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just a bunch of cars running around <laughs> and getting charged up and then running back around fully autonomous. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that seems pretty cool. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. That seems pretty cool. And like we said, the infrastructure is going to have to change, which it's it's due for an update. Yeah, like it is the infrastructure. It is. Um, I've said this before. Like the, it's it's probably been developed. Like how we how we um interact like uh, with cars and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's probably been developed like o- over a hundred years ago, maybe even less than that. Uh, but like how we, the the traffic signal. I don't know when that that was invented, but mm-hmm. we still use that. Yeah. And. I think we could do better than that. Like there's yeah. probably, it, it, there have been improvements to it, but how we structure our, our, our cities yeah. has, it's shown its effects. Like there's traffic. Yeah. Uh, it, it worked when there wasn't a lot of people, right? Yeah. There wasn't that much traffic. And let's say like 1960 in Los Angeles, there wasn't probably that much traffic. People got around and the the infrastructure was built for that. Yeah. But now with, you know, the millions of people that are here, that same infrastructure doesn't hold up. And we're trying to put band-aids on stuff that we yeah. just need to like, haul away. Yep. We need to haul away and put something else. Like, I don't know what it is. I'm not like here saying that, uh, like you had to use an idea like that. I, I know because I don't know anything. Yeah, I know civil engineer, yeah. but yeah, I, I get what but you're saying. There are people who do have some ideas that just need the opportunity maybe to implement them yeah. and test it, see how it works. Is it, does it work better than what we have now? I've seen some cool ones on the Autobahn. Like they have stretches where like the, they have charging built into the roads. Oh, have damn. you seen that where like you drive your car on it and your car charges while really? you're driving? I, I don't know how it works, yeah. but I, I thought that was so freaking That's cool crazy. when I saw that they have, they have like a 15 mile stretch 
or it's something like that where mm -hmm. it's just like charging your vehicle charging, um yeah. so yeah I, I thought that was pretty interesting because uh, electric cars are pretty big in europe yeah. especially teslas yeah i remember uh i went to denmark like about two years ago and everything there was tesla mm -hmm. every like the whole all the taxis were tesla actually wow. every single taxi was like a model three and i was like what? <laughs> because like in the u.s like those cars are super expensive or something yeah and then I, we went over there and they were everybody was driving teslas yeah. in the taxis and i was like oh Damn. Like that seems like a cool thing. I, I just think that it's it's a very awesome jump. Mm -hmm. like, it really is. So yeah, it's it's gonna be a, a, a like a like this whole era has been just a a jump fr from what we're used to, what yeah. we've been used to. Yeah. Um. For for the past like hundreds of years, like we've yeah. been doing things in this technology thing, computers and and chips and all this stuff has transformed every aspect of life for us. Yeah. Everything yeah. like there there's like none of this would be here without yeah. that. And no. I have no, like it's not even taught in school. Like it, it's not really taught on how it's made. Like it's impacted our life so much, but I have not one idea how it's created. <laughs> like how did, how did the people make chips that like those small computer chips? Yeah. Like how's that made? Like, I don't know. Like who's the first person that thought of that yep. idea? Yeah. Shit like that. They're hella complicated. You know, uh, I, a lot of my friends are electrical engineering uh, majors and they mm -hmm. try and teach me a little bit about like semiconductors and stuff like that. Like how motherboards are made for computers. Yeah. Oh man, believe me, if it, to say it's complicated is, is a huge understatement. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's yeah. so hard. Like every single thing. And there, uh, a lot of my, I, I remember there's a YouTube uh, video I watched that really blew my mind. Like the extent you can like work with this technology. Mm -hmm. If you know what you're doing, someone took, um, an old computer, like an old Dell, like computer, yeah. a really old like tower that you might see like in elementary school. Uh, and then they like cut out the motherboard and then they like sod soldered it back together in certain spots Jeez. and they made it, they fit, it, they fit the entire computer into a TI 84 calculator. <laughs> really? And I was like, what? what? Yeah. Cause they, they like made the motherboard, like instead of being flat, they yeah. like made it like a, like a, almost like a curve, uh -huh. like a U curve. And then they like structured everything out and they like re-soldered the bits. And I was like, yeah. oh my it's God. It's <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like if you know what you're doing, yeah. that's it. But it's like so complicated. Like who even, yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah. Like to me, whoever, whoever did come up with it, like that's an Props. insane idea. Like, <laughs> cause, cause if yeah. you, if you like go back to somebody a hundred years ago, like, uh, yeah, 1920s, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and you told them what, that you could call somebody and not only talk to them on the phone, but you could have their face shown up and they could be halfway across the world. Yeah. And you just have to have something that's called an app to yeah. do that. And there's something called the internet. Yeah. And you could talk to that person and, and that's how it, we could communicate. And nah, that's bizarre. You know, like they would not believe you <laughs> one second. Witchcraft. Like, yeah. Witchcraft. There, yeah, float or sinky, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and here it is. Like the people that, that took a chance on some idea that most people would probably think at the time you're crazy. Why, yeah. why even work on this stuff? Like this isn't this, the internet's a fad or whatever. Yeah. You know, a lot of people probably said that to people building companies, uh, on the internet, probably oh, yeah. like Jeff Bezos probably had to deal with that. Like why yeah. his friends are like, why are you doing that a shit? Lot, a lot you of know? people, a, a and, lot of people, because originally computers used to cost like $2,000 to yeah. get a very like, Minimal. limited yeah minimal machine mm -hmm. that required a lot of like learning to to learn how to use right yeah uh, and, and i know lots of people like faced a lot of like discouragement from yeah. getting into that so yeah and then you see 20 years later and here we are like everything played itself out and yeah. some companies lost you know they they didn't do as well but then 
other companies went on to become very successful. Wish I bought some Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Bitcoin, nice. bro. I think that's still in the early stages as well. Like that the whole crypto, cryptocurrency, yeah. NFTs as well. NFTs are yeah. very interesting to me. I know I know quite a few of my friends that have made some money off of NFTs. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a different way of art, I guess. Like yeah. ha- having like just pictures, digital images, but authenticating it to the point where you know it's like a one of one or or like yeah. one of 10 or whatever. You don't right. even know that with the the real art in the world yeah, sometimes, yeah. the ones in the museums. Yeah. I, I can't I think it's happened many times in history where it's like it's come out that the real one is like not in the museum and like there's been a fake oh, really? in there all along. Jeez. It, it's bizarre. <laughs> but yeah. Every time they get down some mob boss or mafia boss <laughs> or some drug lord, they find a bunch of like hidden art. Yeah. And it's like, wait, this looks real. Like, I've been having the wrong one. Yeah. Um, but like with NFTs, that doesn't necessarily happen. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's like the original. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that gives it a lot of value too. Yeah. The certainty. Yeah. And it's just going to, it's going to be a matter of time. I think that people will be, bring more value to it. Cause right now, it's in the early stages. Like nobody even heard about NFTs until right. maybe like this year. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you start having more projects and more value and things that maybe ordinary people might be interested in, yeah, um, then you're going to get a bigger popularity of, of people purchasing and creating yeah. NFTs. Like, cause anybody could create it too. Yeah. Right. Like it's, uh, you just put whatever you want and there are probably websites that, you just upload and yep. stuff NFTs and yep. it's on there. So fascinating stuff. A lot of stuff to look forward to. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, should we wrap it up here? I think it's, yeah, it's like around 12 o'clock. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good with me. We had a great conversation. Um, let's see. Let's see if there's anything I want to say at the very end here. It's, yeah. I mean, it's been a pleasure having you like this is, this has been really fun. Like it's been an hour, I think 40 minutes, 40 <laughs> yeah, minutes. Time flies, time flies, time bro. flies. And every time like I have uh, people like you on, it's, it's always a fun time and time always just like ceases to exist. Yeah. Cause we're just so in the moment having fun with this conversation. And, um, Thanks for thanks for coming on. Oh no, the pleasure's mine. Yeah, uh, yeah. L- let me know if you're doing one of these again. Yeah, yeah, and then for, sure. for next year. <laughs> so we get four <laughs> years year. in a row, four yeah. years running. Um, I'll I'll talk about that very quickly next year. Uh, I'm graduating this year, uh-huh. so I'm going to be moving to the East Coast, Boston. Really? Uh, and I'm going to be working in consulting. So I'm really excited. That's, that's really, going to be really fun. Exciting. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, journey. I'll be able to come back and talk yeah. to you about something maybe specific to that because yeah. I find it really interesting. Yeah. Um, working with mergers or large companies, mm-hmm. figuring out more about industries. And it's just like a whole, it's a whole different world. Like yeah. I, I worked in my internship and it's just, I learned like there's, there's behind everything that we do, every water bottle company, every desk manufacturer, mm-hmm. every office building, there's, there's like a whole business behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whole so, um, and companies and people that we've never heard of that oh, are yeah. behind it. Right? Oh yeah. 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 No. So, uh, that should be, this should be a very interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely link up soon and, and we'll definitely talk about that. All but right. Until then, uh, thank you everybody for, for watching and listening. And thank you again for coming on and peace. Peace.